Hey readers, welcome to the Brantford Public Library's Juicebox Book Talks. I'm Leanna. And I'm Laura. We are two Library 11 techs working in the Child and Youth Programming Department with a passion for children's literature. And this is the place to discover new and exciting book recommendations for kids. In each episode, we discuss a book we've read together as a buddy read, and then we choose a variety of titles for different ages based upon theme. We will explore books, spoiler free, available at the library in print and digital form, which include picture books, junior fiction, and graphic novels. So find your favorite book nook, get comfy, and let's get started. I should mention from the start that we're, we're recording on the very first day of school. So there's a lot of like, I don't know if you're feeling it, but I have a lot of anxiousness and just like, just general nervousness about where we're going the school year. And I don't know, it's just been a really busy morning so far in my household. How about you? Totally. I mean, we call it like, we call it nervous sighted. We're like nervous, but excited all at once. So in our house, we call it, we're, we're nervous sighted. We're nervous sighted about the school year. So yeah. Good word. So in terms of the podcast, is this episode 10 or season two, episode one? I think we'll go with season two, episode one. I'd like to formalize it. Like, I like that too. Yeah. Okay. So welcome back to Juicebox Book Talks. We took a little bit of a break. But now we're back at the very start of the school year, and we're really excited to be here. So we thought since the, what did you call it? The anxious? Nervous sighted. Nervous sighted. Um, since we're all nervous sighted about the school year, we thought an obvious theme for our book discussion would be school and back to yeah. school and anything to do with school issues and school settings and everything school 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 totally and like it's the perfect day because literally the last week we've been prepping to get our kids back to school so it's like the perfect setting so here we are and it was the perfect like almost fall September day just it's perfect yeah okay so we chose actually Laura you found our buddy read about a month or so ago you found the title is Save Me a Seat, and it's co-written by Sarah Weeks and Gita Verderajan. Yes, I, I read it last year, actually, because we were doing, um, we did an episode last year of school, and I was looking for books then, and I came across this one. I didn't include it in my picks, um, but I read it and loved it. So I was like, this is a perfect buddy read uh, for this month. Yeah, it's a, it's a great book. So, mm -hmm. so well done. I was so impressed and, you know, I'm surprised, I'm still surprised by books, like backlist books that I haven't heard of, <laughs> like not to I, say that I'm supposed to know every publication or every middle grade book, but absolutely. this book came out in 20, 2016, 2016. Yeah. so it's, it's a few year backlist, um, but it's perfect. And I was, I fell in love with it. I thought it was wonderful and it was a great buddy read selection. So here's the setup. Ravi has just moved to the United States from India and has always been at the top of his class. He had lots of friends, was super popular and excelled academically. Joe, on the other hand, has lived in the same town, going to the same school his whole life. He is a bit of an outsider and struggles with learning problems. When the boys' lives intersect in the first week of fifth grade, 
They are brought together by a common enemy, the biggest bully in their class, and they need to take control of their lives. Save Me a Seat is a realistic character and angst-driven novel. It's also culturally and ability diverse. It's written from two points of view, Joe and Ravi, which I loved because it added a lot of personal experiences to the story. And the story I should mention takes place over one single week, not seven days, but a five day school week. So it's a busy, it's a like, it, there's a lot chalked into those five days. Right. So I think first and foremost, like I talked about the inclusion and the accept how important acceptance is. I think one of the reasons why I think this makes such a great buddy read and why I'd want everyone to check it out is because it's the perfect read aloud to start right at the beginning of the school year. Like if teachers sure. are listening, just grab this right now. If you need to read aloud, read aloud um, for middle school, um, because it's just the perfect way to start it. Absolutely. I mean, it shows so many different perspectives, like cultural diversity, um, assumptions that you make just by looking at someone as well. I think it's it's such a great, there's so many great messages throughout it. And I just, I just loved it. Like I loved it. So, yeah. I think, so like I mentioned, Ravi is new to the United States from India and the class bully, Dylan, is American born, but of Indian descent. And he's the bully and Ravi comes to the school and makes that assumption that he will be best friends with Dylan. Right. And it's just, it's a startling realization to him like, oh, well, I just thought, you know, we're culturally the same. We should be friends. And, and, and Dylan wants absolutely nothing to do with Ravi. Actually, he's a really mean character. But then Ravi, on the other hand, has all these assumptions about poor Joe, who's just this quiet kid in class who doesn't say too much, who he assumes is a bit slow right. and not academic. Like he just thinks he's not a smart kid, but he has learning dis- he has a learning disability that you'll find out more about. And the two of them coming together to sort of take on the class bully, like it's just, it's really well done. Um, it really shows the true, like the value of, of friendship and overlooking stereotypes and judgment, like you said. For sure. Yeah. And I think like a big thing is like, um, perspective, right? I mean, that's what you always say. You have to walk a mile in someone else's shoes to understand where they're coming from. And I think that's the thing that we really have to kind of like step back and, you know, look at the big picture and put yourself in someone else's shoes. And I think that book really, um, helps you to kind of realize that. So yeah, gain perspective from someone else's point of view, not necessarily your own. So yeah, it's, it's just a great book. Yeah. And the one thing that really stuck with me and will probably stick with me is the importance of pronunciation. Yes. How important it is to know, not just know someone's name, but know how to pronounce it properly. And that goes for adults. Like adults in this book aren't always painted with the nicest picture because they dismiss Ravi, who everyone calls Ravi. And he's like, guys, that's not my name. Like it's right. Ravi. like it's very important. It's like I went through like I went through years of people misspelling my name or mm-hmm. calling me Leanne. And it's like, and I would dismiss it because I thought, oh, I don't want to, it's a struggle. Why school? People think you're pretentious if you're telling them how to spell your name properly, right. say it properly. But at the same time, it's like, no, you're missing a syllable. Absolutely. And, 
And Ravi is just that perfect example of like, you know, a, a new kid coming to a new country, a new city, a new school. And he's like, well, no, this is me. Like just yeah. pay attention to me properly. And um, I just thought that's, that's wonderful. Um, I love that it's co-written. So you get the perspectives yeah. from American Sarah and Indian born Gita. There's a beautiful um, little inclusion of um, recipes at the back, like American yeah. recipes and Indian recipes. And there's also a glossary, which I absolutely love because there's terms throughout that the kids might not know, like what Ravi calls his mom and dad and yep. you know, like his lunchbox. Like it's, right. it's all, it's all in the glossary. It's just, it's a multi-layered, just really, I think almost, I would give it a five-star middle grade read. Um, it's wonderful. But yeah. save me see by Sarah Leeks and Gita Veradarajan. I'm here with my emergent pick for the month. And my emergent pick, this is called, it's a brand new one. It's a, graph, it's a graphic novel, easy reader. It's called Geraldine Pooh and Her Lunchbox 2. It's written and illustrated by Maggie P. Chang. And it is wonderful. I love it. And it's kind of like, I'm taking this as a spinoff from Save Me a Seat because Geraldine is a Taiwanese American girl and she's going to school with her, like a big thing about her is her culture, um, like we discussed in our book, our buddy read. And of course she's um, bringing her lunchbox. Her lunchbox is like, this book also has a glossary in it um, because it is, it's a level, well, it's saying it's a level three book. So probably like your um, grade one to grade three readers, depending on what level they're at. Um, but the glossary is great. And the lunch bag actually plays a big, it's like a character in the book, which I loved about this story. So it's about a girl who brings her lunch to school. It's not a typical sandwich and, and she's teased for it, but you know, uh, she, she stands up for herself. This is a book about acceptance, about trying new things. Um, and, you know, being okay with who you are and, like, and that's fine. Like self-acceptance is a huge thing for kids to kind of understand and appreciate as they grow up. What I also love about this, it's like a new thing that the publishers are doing with these uh, easy readers is they're introducing graphic novels, which I think is fantastic. What I love in this book too, is that it actually tells you how to read a graphic novel. It gives you instructions. So it's great. I love that they're taking this graphic novel approach to the easy readers because it's so great for reluctant readers to have those wonderful illustrations by Maggie P. Chang. Her use of expression in the kids' faces and the simplistic colors that she uses are fantastic. I just loved it. It's Geraldine Pooh and her lunchbox too, written and illustrated by Maggie P. Chang. I love it. Sounds, sounds amazing. And yeah. I love, I've seen those graphic novel easy reads and they're just, it's like, why weren't those happening before? Like it's exactly. so obvious that they would take off and yeah. not just reluctant readers, but those are the ones oh, for sure. More of a struggle for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think like even like the I love that it has the instructions because some kids don't know how to read a, like a comic book oh. or a graphic novel. So it's great. Like, and who doesn't love a good graphic novel, right? And I mean, they're such a popular medium right now. So why not introduce it at that young age too? It's great. So my next book, I'm taking a little bit of a left turn. It's not a graphic novel, but it's Every, I'm pretty sure every single page has an illustration on it. So think easy read, emergent reader, easy read with lots of pictures. Okay, so, and that's surprising that I'm doing an emergent It reader. is, but I love it. So I had to ask Laura, because once we figured out 
the theme we were doing, I was like, okay, I have to talk about one of my favorite emergent reader series, and that's Eerie Elementary by Jack Chabert. So I read, or I should say I reread the first in the series. It's called The School is Alive. And it's illustrated by Sam Ricks. And like I said, the illustrations are like just overflowing throughout the book. And they're so wonderful. I love them. They're a little dark. They're a little whimsical. They're super cute. Love, love, love them. So the author, like I said, is Jack Chabert. And I was, what, Thursday years old, last Thursday, when I figured out that Jack is actually the pen name for the Last Kids on Earth series, Max Brillier. Did you know that, Laura? I didn't because you texted me and I was like, oh my gosh, really? Okay, so Jack Chabert, I'm gonna, and please tell me, am I, is it French? Is it Chabert? I would Chabert. Chabert. Anyway, as I know, this is gonna come up. This is gonna come up a lot now that we've discussed it because of Save Me, Save Me. That we're just pronouncing everything incorrectly. So, authors, if you're listening, just school us, tell us. Absolutely. So, Jack is Max Brillier. So he had a pen name for this Erie Elementary series. So, the School is Alive is number one in the Erie Elementary series, which currently includes ten titles. The most recent one was published in 2019. So hopefully there are more to come because I, I'm just absolutely in love with the series. It's great for new readers who've recently graduated from the Easy Reads. And like Laura sort of mentioned, the emergent readers are typically grades one to three, but sometimes beyond depending on reading level and interest. So these stories, because they're so fast paced and action packed and super fun, I can see older kids really enjoying them and connecting. Um, especially because of the supernatural undertones throughout the series. So it's not dark, but it's, it's got some little scary, darker moments. So here's a setup for book one. So Sam Graves, Graves, G-R-A-V-E-S, Graves, brilliant, I love it, is Erie Elementary's new hall monitor. His role is to keep everyone safe. After witnessing some strange occurrences that nobody believes happened, Sam is convinced the school is alive, and hungry for students. Sam puts on his ugly orange sash, makes sure everyone goes to class and tries to protect all of the students and teachers from this evil entity, the school. When will the evil school make its first move and will Sam be ready to fight it? Uh, Brilliant. Like I read that and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna read all of those books in that series. The tagline is school just got scarier. This is 100% the kind of book I would have picked up at the Scholastic Book Fair. <laughs> Absolutely, right? All over it. And I I feel nostalgic, a little nostalgic rereading them because my daughter, when she was younger, loved this series. And in fact, there was a period of time where I, I purchased so many in the series for like her friends, like as gifts. I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, just old emergent reader. Between grade one and three, Erie Elementary, start this one. It's fantastic. I just, I, I can't say enough wonderful things about this entire series, not just this first volume. Um, it's just, it's a, it's just a, it's a hoot. Like Sam and his friends Antonio and Lucy, just dealing with all these strange, creepy happenings in, in a school setting is like right. super fun. Just to give you an idea, some of the other books in the series. They're called The Locker, Eight Lucy, Recess is a Jungle, and The Science Fair is Freaky. Like, it's fantastic. I also like talking about this now because it's September, and if you have mood readers, so, the, you know, everything's getting a little darker, a little cooler. This is the For great sure. 
great book to grab sort of on the cusp of Halloween month. Yeah. Um, it, you know, Halloween is looming. So this, again, this is a great one to, to check out. I just love it. So that's Erie Elementary, The School is Alive by Jack Chabert. Love it. So my middle grade pick this month is called Jake the Fake Keeps It Real. It's written by Craig Robinson and Adam Mansbuck and art by Keith Knight. So the reason that I picked up this book is first of all, because one of the authors is Craig Robinson. So if you ever watch The Office, he's Daryl from The Office and he is hilarious, oh. right? Like hot tub time machine, all that stuff. Anyway, he's just so funny. So I was like, okay, this is going to be a great book. It's going to be funny. Like the cover alone, the artwork by Keith Knight throughout the book is fantastic. And then Adam Mansbach, I was like, why is that name so familiar? And then I Googled him and he's the author of the, um, the adult picture book, Go the Beep to Sleep. And I was like, okay, so I'm in for a good ride, right? This is going to be a great book. So listen, like if you're someone who loves a laugh and a good page turner with some great illustrations throughout this book is perfect. It's not like a, a big book. I think it's just under 200 pages. And so completely not daunting for anyone, 135 pages. So a nice, not too big book for a middle grade reader. Um, good for anybody, especially a reluctant reader who doesn't like to read. This is a good one because it's a page turner. It's funny. It has like funny things that kids really like. Anyway, so the book is about Jake. He is going into grade six. And he has an overachieving older sister who goes to this like select art school. So he decides to audition for the school and like fakes his way through his audition and gets in. Meanwhile, when he gets to school, there's all these different expectations put on him. And he's like in his mind, faking his way through it. But really, like to me, this book is about like self-discovery. It's about appreciation for your self-expression. It has a bunch of eclectic different kids in there and they're all accepting of you. I mean, being creative, even if you think you're faking it, be, the ability to be able to fake it is a huge sign of just how creative you are. And I think that's the thing that Jake discovers in the end of the book. So it's a funny book. Like I've said many times, it's hilarious. He fakes his way through. It's full of humor. It's insight, self-discovery. It's just, it's a great book. And there are others in the series. This is the first in the series. There's two others in the series. So I highly recommend Jake the fake keeps it real. And I mean, I'm an arts person too. So I saw that it was an art school. I was like, okay, this has got to be good. And it was great. So I loved it. Okay. So my next book, the title is The Prettiest by Bridget Young. This is a contemporary fiction for tweens. I would put it upper middle grade. All tweens, not just girls. It's a fiercely feminist page turner. And I absolutely loved it. Do you know this one, Laura? Do you recognize the title? Or the cover? Oh, yes. Now I do. Yeah, yeah. I, that co the cover is fantastic um, as well, and it really caught my eye. So in this upper middle grade, we are back in eighth grade. The Ugh. story is told eighth grade. It's a tough year. It's a tough year. The story is told from three different students' perspectives. There's Eve, Sophie, and Nessa. Each one of the girls is sharing how they've been impacted after a list called the prettiest is anonymously shared with the rest of the class. I can see Laura already cringing. The prettiest ranks the top 50 prettiest girls in grade eight and how Eve, Sophie and Nessa respond to being on the list or not is vastly different. 
I think it was clever that it was told from different perspectives as the girls initially viewed the list in very different ways, but united when they saw how damaging this kind of behavior was. Most of the story is spent trying to uncover who published the list, during which time lots of accusations are thrown around, pointing fingers at certain people. Since Eve is unexpectedly ranked number one, a lot of people think she created the list for attention. This is a very thought-provoking and powerful read for our tweens. And I would say older, but specifically upper middle grade for sure. It deals with sexism, harassment, and objectification. It's culturally and relig religiously developed and well-paced. I, could, I couldn't put it down. I think it's a timely read and it's an important read for all our middle grade students in 2021. They will find it relatable. It is, it has some heavy themes, but it also has some like really heartwarming and fun moments. Um, it's smart and layered. It's perfect again for class read, -al um, read alouds because I think it will spark a lot of really important conversation. It reminded me of, so, so Laura and I were in high school in the 90s and it reminded me of our high school yearbooks that ranked best of. So this was like a thing, like a, our kids will never know about this, thankfully, because even I'm cringing at the thought, but how we used to have best of lists in the 80s and 90s that really fed into stereotypes and promoted the superficial way of viewing people. It was yeah. just gross and it's just making me icky just thinking about it. Like best hair, best couple. And I'd like to think that we've progressed beyond those kinds of things, but obviously but we haven't. I don't think, I think it's always been there. Right. And I think like, yeah, I think it's, and I hate to say that, but it, it's something that's just always going to be there, which is horrible to think about. It is horrible, but just the objectification of girls specifically in this book is just when you're raising a girl, yes, around girls, you're like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is really tough. Like I, I like I will hand this to all the middle upper, upper middle graders. Not like grade four, maybe grade five, but definitely older. Because I think mm -hmm. unfortunately it's happening even younger, and we need to really have these discussions. Anyway, I think I think it's a great coming of age book. It reminded me again of um, Dress Coded, which we talked yeah. about in a previous episode. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm really loving the surge of like sort of feminist social justice type books for yep. middle grade readers, because yeah. they're the ones that are, they're schooling us on a lot of topics. Absolutely. But I feel like they need this representation in these books. Um, yeah. Just to learn how to navigate and to come together with their classmates and friends and not make the stuff, not let the stuff divide them, which ultimately happens in the book. And then they figure, they figure things out. So yeah. I think it's great. I think it's a great um, recommendation that you should pick up. So that's awesome. The Prettiest by Bridget Young. Okay, so I'm gonna jump in with my next middle grade read because I think it, it pairs nicely with The Prettiest. I read Zenobia July by Lisa Bunker. Now, Laura, have you heard of this one? No. Okay. So I mean, we have, like there's so many good books on the shelves and I feel like, oh, I should like know them all, but I don't. Okay. So this one came out in 2019. Again, it was sort of passed me by. Um, and then it came to my attention because of my daughter's 
older friend asked ah. me. And then I should just preface this by saying that we were having discussions about um, a couple girls at her new gymnastics club talking about um, non-binary and some terms that were new, that are still new to me. Right. Um, but the kids are explaining it to me now. And I'm right. like, oh yeah, that's what that means. And then Audrey will be like, oh, well, she's a lesbian. I'm like, oh, she's like, oh, okay. That's, we, we just openly talk about that now. And I think that's fantastic. Yeah. But don't see it a lot represented in the middle grade books. No, so for that, sure. Her friend asked me about this book. Cause I immediately say Alex Gino. Oh, have you read George? And right. Those were my right. first sort of sure. books at that topic. Um, so her friend recommended this one and I'm like, oh, so then I'm going down this rabbit hole um, about this book and I read it and I just, I thought, I thought it was really good. So like I said, this is by Lisa Bunker. It's a contemporary own voices middle grade with a little bit of mystery. The mystery is very minor, but it's there. It has, it's, it keeps it interesting. It's written by Lisa Bunker, who is transgender she and Jerry Cannon were elected alongside each other as New Hampshire's first openly transgender state legislators. So Bunker is clearly writing what she knows, what she feels, and what she's experienced. At the same time, giving a voice to a community otherwise overlooked in middle grade. This type of rep representation is important in 2021. And I'm here for it. So if you have any, if you're listening to this and you have more books like this, like Alex Gino's, George, please let us know because we, we need to read them. So Zenobia July is about a transgender girl with a troubled past, getting to live as a girl for the first time in a new family and school, at the same time tackling a bit of a cyber mystery. The story opens with Zenobia making big changes in her life as a tween. First, she's moving from Arizona to Maine, leaving behind a very religious father who has recently passed away to live with an aunt and her wife. Her new guardians, although supportive and kind, know nothing about raising a child, having no children themselves. Zenobia is also leaving behind a life she essentially kept hidden behind a computer screen. She's sort of a computer wizard when it comes to hacking and coding, which comes in handy when some racist and abusive memes start circulating at her new school. This is a tough but important read because you know there's going to be some heartbreak, both due to the cruelty of children towards each other and Zenobia's personal story and feelings. It's a valuable read though. I think a, like a must own voices read. Um, it, does, it, it gets in the head of a transgender character and really shows you the struggle that they deal with every single day. And that really, I thought, I thought it was just really well done. At the same time, Zenobia is not a perfect character. She's very multi-layered. She has some anger issues. It's not just about, a, there's no woe is me going through. Like she's going through this tran transition and she wants to be accepted, but at no time do you feel sorry for her. You just, you really root for her, even with, her, with some of her flaws, you really root for her. And you just want her to be included um, I think this is a great addition, um, to the genre and it's much, it's very, very, very needed in middle grade literature. That's Zenobia July by Lisa Bunker. Wonderful. All right. So I'm here with my picture book selections for the month. I have to say, uh, 
I feel like there were a lot of really great new books that have come out this past summer um, about school. So it was really hard to narrow this down to just two. Um, but I do love the ones that I picked. So here we go. My first book is called Bird Boy. Be Who You Want to Be. It's written by Matthew Burgess and illustrated by Sharzad Maidani. And it's like, first of all, let's just talk about the illustrations. It's beautiful. I, I'm like, I'm a sucker for, um, they call it colored pencil illustrations. We call them pencil crayons. Uh, I just, I don't know. I love them. I think it's the idea of knowing that like, hey, I could do that too. Cause I have pencil crayons in my house. Right. Even though I am like completely not artistic at all. Anyway. You can do anything you put your mind to, Laura. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Thanks. That's really <laughs> nice of you. Thanks for the vote of confidence. But honestly, no. <laughs> uh, anyway, so this book is beautiful to look at. Every page has so much for you to see and take in and absorb. Um, Sharzad just does such an amazing job with these illustrations. And it, so our main character in the book is Nico. And the book is called Bird Boy because he does, uh, he's new to the school and he's a bit of an introvert trying to find, you know, his way at the school, um, but he's comfortable being on his own. And at recess, he likes to be outside and the birds start to come to him because he's kind of like one with nature. So the kids on the playground call him bird boy. And of course it's not meant as, it's meant to be mean, um, but he takes it like, oh, like, you know what? I, I like that. That's, that's, and that he owns it because he's just so comfortable with himself. And I love that. And in that comfort with himself, he goes on to like to make friends because they see that in him and, and they're naturally drawn to him. So the book is beautiful to look at. The book is beautiful to read, to read aloud. It's, it's lovely. So that's Bird Boy written by Matthew Burgess and illustrated by Sharzad Midani. Loved it. My next book is a really fun book. Um, this is a perfect, like a perfect read aloud book to do with your class. Um, if you're like a kindergarten, grade one, grade two teacher, this book is awesome, especially for a day like today, the first day of school. This would be amazing to get those kids all riled up and get them like in the mood and ready and excited to be at school. So the book is called Sounds Like School Spirit. It's written by Meg Fleming and the pictures and illustrations, of course, are by the amazing Lucy Ruth Cummins, who is awesome. I love Stumpkins, one of my favorite picture books. She's amazing. So anyway, it's a call and response book. It's uh, I've said it's a perfect read aloud book. And of course, Lucy Ruth's illustrations are focused mainly with primary colors so that the illustrations just pop the simplicity and yet the diversity all in one with the illustrations just makes it so beautiful to look at as well. Um, I, I'm not going to say much more about it. It's You have to pick it up. If you're a teacher, primary teacher especially, I highly recommend that you grab this book and do it with your class. Call and response. Like I say school, you say spirit school. It's just great. Anyway, Sounds Like School Spirit, written by Meg Fleming and illustrated by Lucy Ruth Cummins. It was awesome. I loved it. Okay. That sounds awesome. I thought it had something to do with Nirvana, though. That's right? <laughs> I thought it was like, I thought it was maybe the That might be a little too edgy for kindergarten, though. Now we sound old. <laughs> we are. That's because we are. I've already said we were in high school in the 90s. Yeah. And there so you go. Okay. So our final book, my final book. I'm really excited to talk about, and I'm glad that it's, we're ending it with this one because it's awesome. So I read Class Act by Jerry Craft. I love Jerry Craft. I love him. 
So this is the follow-up to the Newbery award-winning graphic novel, New Kid. So right away, I had high expectations and I was nervous. It took me this long to pick it up because I thought, oh, class act was so perfect. Do I need, or sorry, um, New Kid was so perfect. Do I really need to read class act if I've already read perfection? Can Jerry really come out with a graphic novel just as good as that first one? Yeah. The answer is yes. Yes, he can. So good. So class act. Again, it's a contemporary fiction, it's own voices, it's culturally diverse, it's realistic, it's perfect for my middle grade, my nine to 12 year olds that I love. Where New Kid focused on Jordan starting grade seven at a new school, Class Act focuses on his friend Drew. Now I should say from the outset, you don't need to read New Kid before Class Act, but it's nice because they started in grade seven in this book, they're in grade eight. So there's a few details in grade seven you'd probably want to know about, but it's, you'll still be able to follow the story if you just pick up, if the library just has class act, but not new kid, pick up class act. Okay, so we're following Drew. The setting is the same, the prestigious Riverdale Academy Day School, a year following the boys first year. Grade eight starts like any other school year, but with this looming sense of dread because of the added pressure to know exactly what they want to do with their futures. Jordan desperately wants to leave Riverdale after grade eight and go to art school. And Drew, he just wants to make it through the day without dealing with the blatant microaggressions by teachers and students. Drew recognizes that he isn't afforded the same opportunities no matter how hard he works compared to his privileged classmates. And this starts to negatively affect his friendships. The story focuses on how differently the rad students, that's Riverdale Academy Day School, and teachers treat light-skinned Jordan and dark-skinned Drew and how their middle-class and working-class backgrounds clash with their friend Liam's ultra-rich lifestyle. Like I said, I had high expectations for this book because I loved, both Laura and I loved, new kids so much but this one really delivers I absolutely loved it and think it belongs in every middle grader's hands it's coming of age it deals with puberty there's a scene right from the beginning that made me howl where Jordan is really miffed that he doesn't have like he's not going through puberty and he doesn't have like body odor because <laughs> he's like I'm going into grade eight and I don't even like smell because I'm not becoming <laughs> Meanwhile, you're like, you're so lucky. I know. Um, friendship is a heavy theme and it's so well done. I love the family. I love Jordan's mom and dad, which we still see a little bit of, um, but not as much, obviously, than as we did in New Kid. This time, it really focuses on Drew and his family dynamic. He lives with a grandmother who is like full-time worker and is she's just, she's absolutely just so loving and so hardworking and just does her best to make everything okay for Drew. And when his friends come to visit, she's so welcoming to all, like regardless, she's so sweet. She's a great character. School life is, is typical school life. There's some clueless teachers. There's some annoying um, students. It's just, it's just, it's wonderful. And I have a little note here about all the Easter eggs, which we saw like in New Kid where each chapter he dedicates to popular, like other popular graphic novels. And it, it's so awesome. It's so clever. The illustrations really work with it, but he really, um, he pays homage to 
like Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Invisible Emmy, Amulet, Captain Underpants, Hey Kiddo, like he has his own little spin on it for each, like the beginning of each chapter. It's, it's perfect. It's lovely. It's awesome. Um, there's even like a shout out to literary works like Handmaid's Tale and um, Life of Pi, like Ian Martell's Life of Pi, which I mean, some kids aren't going to get, but our adults who are reading it. It's just, it's so clever. And it's a great way to add some humor for the adult readers who are reading it as well as a kid. So I I can't recommend this enough, Jerry Craft. We love you. We can't wait till the next book comes out. And that's Class Act by Jerry Craft, the follow-up to the perfect new kid. So episode one, season two, that's it. Denise, I hope some of the books we discussed today really interested you and you find something whether you're a teacher or a parent or a young reader or an old reader whoever you are (laughs) we hope you found something that um can fit into your reading life and here's to a great school year fingers crossed gonna be awesome gonna be awesome okay and don't forget to check our website brantfordlibrary.ca and of course we now have um kits to go along with our podcast so be sure to pick them up at both the main branch and the st paul avenue branch we'll have the make and take kits available september 13th for you to grab take home and do some fun stuff with too perfect so next time bye thanks so much for listening today we hope we've introduced you to some new authors and children's titles all the books discussed today are available in print and digital format on either overdrive or Plus. Please visit brantfordlibrary.ca for more information about this podcast and other fantastic programs the library has to offer. Thanks. Bye-bye. Juicebox Book Talks is a Brantford Public Library podcast developed by Leanna Flimiani, that's me, and me, Laura Virag. Edited by Anna Flaherty. Music provided by Purple Planet through purple-planet.com.